Well, good evening, friends. It's Mark Tanis back again. It's been a long time, Francis, be, uh, since we've been on the radio. I think it's been a month. We were talking about it as we came into the studio this evening. It's been uh, quite a while for a host of reasons. Uh, both of us had some trips and vacations and whatnot. Uh, I got stuck out on one of those trips. Unfortunately, I missed one of the evenings. But uh, last week, of course, we had uh, problems here in, um, in the studio, so we weren't able to make it. But welcome back after a month. Thank you. It's great to be back. I'm looking forward to this Carmelite conversation. Well, good. It's it's great to have you here. It's great to have our audience here. We um, we're on a uh, we were on a series with uh, Saint Teresa of Avila, as you know, Francis, and our listeners, those who uh, were able to stay with us through uh, a couple of her books. Uh, know we um, spent a fair amount of time on Saint Teresa, and it is our intention uh, to now transition to Saint John of the Cross. But unfortunately, we missed uh, the the most uh, significant uh, feast for Carmelites, and that is on July 16th, when we had uh, hoped to do a program, certainly that week, uh, for the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And as you and I agreed uh, a couple of weeks ago, we would do that program regardless. Of course, that was intended last week right. uh, when the studio had some problems. But we agreed that we would go ahead and do that, for our listeners this week. And we want to cover a couple of different uh, topics this evening, including the scapula, uh, recover some ground about our devotion to uh, Blessed Mother and, of course, uh, specifically Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and talk a little bit about the life of Carmel. Uh, But before we do that, of course, we want to begin with prayer, as we always do. So, Francis, would you lead us in the prayer that is most uh, significant for uh, uh, we as Carmelites, uh, it is the prayer, in fact, that was given to St. Simon Stock, who is also uh, the person to whom we attribute the scapula. It was given to him by our Blessed Mother, and so it's very important to us as Carmelites. And this, of course, is the Flos Carmeli prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O beautiful flower of Carmel, most fruitful vine, splendor of heaven, holy and singular, who brought forth the Son of God, still ever remaining a pure virgin. Assist me in this necessity. O star of the sea, help and protect me. Show me that thou art my mother. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Mother, an ornament of Carmel, pray for us. Virgin, flower of Carmel, pray for us. Patroness of all who wear the scapular, pray for us. Hope of all who die wearing the scapular, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Francis. appreciate, uh, as always, you leading us off in prayer. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the importance of prayer. Really, this program, the entire program, the entire series on Carmelite Conversations centers on prayer. It always circles back to prayer. But prayer in in, uh, so many uh, different forms, and of course we talk about meditative prayer, we talk about uh, vocal prayer, we talk about contemplative prayer, we talk about the prayer of silence, and really the Carmelite way of life, whether you live it behind uh, monastic walls or you live it as we do in a secular uh, vein, uh, the entire life of Carmel centers on prayer. And I think tonight, we're, when we, as we talk about the scapular, we're going to see how that is also a form of prayer. Absolutely. And, of course, um, the, the scapula, the tradition of the scapula is that it was handed on to St. Simon Stock. We'll talk about a, a little bit about the details of that. 
but of course we know it was given to him by our Blessed Mother, and of course everything in the life of Carmel ultimately circles back to our Mother. We are the only order uh, that I'm aware of that was uh, uh, founded by our Mother. We believe that she has a special care and and a devotion and protection uh, over the um, the uh, members of the Carmelite order. We don't say that with any uh, pride necessarily, but uh, with great devotion and great humility, we acknowledge the Blessed Mother as both our foundress, really, uh, and ultimately the protector of our order, and, and that is a significant uh, blessing for, for us as members of Carmel. I want to talk this evening first, because it was so much a part of the prayer that you just prayed, and it is so much a part of certainly the Carmelite devotion, but it is not limited to Carmel. And of course, I'm referring to the brown scapula. Many people in, in the Catholic way of life, and other Christians, of course, uh, have a devotion to the scapula. It's not limited by any means to uh, the Carmelite order, and I think that's important to acknowledge and to recognize um, and that was actually recently done by our uh, Holy Father, Pope uh, Benedict, in an address, in a Saturday address. Um, actually, I'm sorry, I think it was a Wednesday address. Um, he said specifically these words. Saturday was the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, the feast to which the scapula is linked. Simon Stock, General Superior of the Carmelite Order, received the scapula in 1251 during an apparition of the Virgin, when she promised special assistance in life and in death to all those who wear it with devotion. And this is the Holy Father in his own words. For those who wear it, he said, it is a sign of filial abandonment to the protection of the Immaculate Virgin. In the battle against evil, may Mary, our Mother, wrap us in her mantle. And that's what we want to focus on this evening this idea, two, two themes really for this evening. First, the scapula, the significance of it, a little bit about the history, the importance of it, uh, it as a sacramental and the blessings that are, that are afforded those who wear it and, more importantly, who are devoted to it. And then the relationship of the scapula and of our Blessed Mother to the Carmelite Order and I have an agenda for this evening. In fact, I have two agendas, Francis. Oh, what is it? <clears throat> for all of our <laughs> listeners, I... I hope to encourage you uh, that if you don't today wear the scapula, my hope and my prayer is that at least in part as a result of this evening's program, this, uh, this uh, program that we're sharing with you, information we're sharing with you, you will feel motivated to go out and purchase the scapula, but more importantly, to be enrolled in the scapula society and to become devoted to the scapula. And if you do that, uh, well, quite frankly, you can't do that without also developing a deeper devotion to our Blessed Mother. And that's really the second agenda, is to help our listeners understand, even if you've been in Carmel for many years, uh, and in fact, if you have, you know full well that there are always deeper uh, levels of intimacy and devotion and understanding that we can gain about our Blessed Mother. And that's my second agenda for this uh, for this program, is to try and reach into... Uh, a deeper understanding of that relationship and the role that she plays in Carmel. Well, since you had mentioned that Pope Benedict was talking about this sign of filial abandonment to the Blessed Mother and uh, it being a sign of our consecration to her, that's how we view it as Carmelites. Um, I also want to bring up about our Blessed John Paul II. Um, 
there are pictures on the Internet of him working in the stonecutter mines, and he's not wearing a shirt, but he is wearing his brown scapular. So he did mention from his earliest days that he wore it around his neck and that he takes refuge under, with trust under the mantle of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I know when he was operated on, uh, he asked them not to remove his brown scapular during that surgery so that, you know, uh, he would be under her protection throughout. And I just think what a great testament that we have uh, with Blessed John Paul II. Yes, we, we've shared this before. That's right. John Paul was um, vested in the scapula, the Society of the Scapula. He was also uh, what at that time was called a third-order Carmelite. There, of course, are still third-order Carmelites, and he was a member of the third-order uh, Carmelite uh, community and uh, had a great devotion. In fact, uh, I know we've shared before that it was one of John Paul's early ambitions uh, to go and live in a Carmelite monastery, but, of course, his superiors... Uh, the um, Archbishop of Krakow at the time uh, didn't allow him to do that. In fact, uh, saw the great promise of uh, the young priest who would eventually become Pope and, and um, asked him to remain in the world. He was not allowed to, to uh, follow that path, but nonetheless remained devoted his entire life to the Carmelite order. And of course, we have to throw out there that he wrote his doctoral dissertation on St. John of the Cross, so, and that can be found on the Internet, too. So. But anyway, Mark, we've been talking about this brown scapular. I think we probably should describe what this is. We should. So the scapula itself is usually, of course, we're talking about the brown scapula. We should, we should let our listeners know the scapula comes in many forms. Uh, usually in, in the uh, in differences are in the color. So there's a green scapula, there's a blue scapula, there's a white scapula. A red one. A red one that I'm familiar green, with. Yeah. Yeah. So there are many... Um, uh, types of scapula, and they all have unique devotions. If you read the literature that comes with it, you'll discover uh, what its particular devotion is or what its history might be. We're talking, of course, this evening about the brown scapula. Right, and it's physically, to look at it, it is two pieces of brown wool. Typically, it's wool. It doesn't have to be wool anymore. Wool was used because that was the poorest cloth material at the time, but of course now it's probably one of the more expensive. But anyway, it's typically the two brown pieces of cloth and attached to string or ribbon um, such that it makes a parallel line. And you put one panel in the front and one panel in the back. And we often see the image of Our Lady of Mount Carmel on one of those panels and the Sacred Heart of Jesus or some other... um, devotional image on the on another. Um, Sometimes the uh, Carmelite shield itself will be on the other, but but almost always, you're right, the Blessed Mother will be on one of those uh, shields, one of those uh, pieces of cloth, uh, and it doesn't matter, at least I'm not under the impression that it matters which side the Blessed Mother happens to be, whether she's worn back between the shoulder blades on the back side or uh, near your heart uh, if you drape her in the front, but uh, nonetheless, there, there are usually images. They don't have to be, by the way. They can be just a simple brown cloth. In fact, I think our order really prefers it to be just plain uh, because that's where it really is affiliated with the religious uh, garments that our order wears, which they have a habit, and on top of that habit, they have these two long panels of brown material, which is their scapular. So right. this that we're talking about is a miniature form of that, but that's 
the association between our first and second orders, the priests, the friars, and our cloistered nuns, or any of the nuns out there in the Carmelite order. Um, but I also wanted to point out that it's, it's, according to what I have researched, and I don't say I'm the expert here, but I think the brown scapula was the first one that was used in the small form, and then many others uh, became popular after that. I think the brown scapula is probably the most widely known, widely used, and most highly indulgenced of its kind. I think that's true, yes. I think the brown step, it was the first, and it was the first to be worn in the smaller version. Of course, the the uh, smaller version simply represents um, a small version of the material that uh, someone working in the fields, both the early Carmelite monks and and, um, and early uh, devotees, if you will, to the faith, would have worn over their, uh, their working clothes and so forth. And, and the representation a bit of historical information, but the representation on the scapula, if there is some, um, would have typically in a feudal system represented the house or the lord or the land to which the particular person was uh, devoted or uh, um, for whom they they served, who they did uh, their their work and and, uh, from which they sustained their life, uh, working in the fields or working in a shop or what have you. So there, there is some historical... Uh, linkage to the idea of the emblem, uh, but the important thing is it's a brown cloth. It covers the front and the back of the person, um, and, and we're going to get into the significance of the devotion specifically to our Blessed Mother. Okay, and I was going to say that, you know, this is also like putting on the yoke of Christ, and that was a sign of obedience. In fact, I believe in our rule uh, of St. Albert, where for the early Carmelite uh, friars or monks, hermits, uh, they uh, saw this as um, a sign of their obedience, and they were, you know, ha- they were supposed to wear it. If they took it off, it was a sign of disobedience. So it's very important. So, and, and it shows our obedience, uh, but our allegiance to Christ. That's where it's all leading to. Mary leads us to Jesus. So we've got to keep that as our primary focus. Absolutely, and I'm glad you emphasized that, because we, we need to put that um, position up front. This is not about devotion exclusively to Mary. It is devotion to Mary because she leads us to Christ. And we're going to talk about that. I don't want to just leave that. We will emphasize that. But you're absolutely right, Francis, and thank you for emphasizing that point. Let's talk for just a moment about the um, religious significance in the larger context of the scapula and the scapula as a sacramental. And we talk about sacramentals in the Church, I think it's important that we understand this, so uh, we've drawn from the Catechism just some brief explanations that help us to understand the significance of sacramentals. And again, let me go back and reiterate uh, our agenda for this evening, Francis. We want our listeners, we hope and pray that our listeners will come to a deeper appreciation of the significance of wearing this wool cloth over their chest and their back, uh, but more that they'll feel motivated to develop the devotion to the Blessed Mother, which the scapula represents, exactly. and, of course, the Blessed Mother leading them to Christ. So what are sacramentals? Uh, a, a specific description from our catechism. Sacramentals are material objects, things, or actions set apart or blessed by the Roman Catholic Church or the Orthodox Churches, the Anglican Churches, and the Old Catholic Churches, to manifest the respect due to the sacraments and to excite good thoughts, and to increase devotion, 
and through these movements of the heart to remit venial sin according to the Council of Trent. This is uh, session 22 uh, uh, of the Council of Trent. And there's uh, a lot I could focus on here, but I want to focus most especially on this, this uh, one line. Through the movements of the heart to remit venial sin. Very important. So many people uh, will misunderstand, in fairness to them, they'll misunderstand the significance of the scapula. I've heard even good practicing uh, devout Catholics um, uh, minimize uh, the importance of the scapula, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't think of wearing it themselves. And I can appreciate that concern if your perspective is it's simply a piece of cloth or it's done to, um, um, you know, uh, demonstrate something uh, um, on your person or say something, you know, so often um, people will wear things, whether it's a Harley jacket or uh uh, you know, some designer uh, article of clothing, what, what have you. The cancer, yeah. little ribbon cancer. Yeah. But it's cancer. designed to say something to the people who you come in contact with. The scapula is not that. Yeah. It is not designed to say something to the people you come in contact with. In fact, the scapula is to be worn directly next to the skin, under your shirt or your outer garment. And the reason for the scapula is to increase the devotion of the heart. Wearing a simple metal wool, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 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 wool cloth over your, um, over your shoulders doesn't do, in and of itself, doesn't do anything to uh, make you holier or increase devotion unless you accept the full measure of what the scapula and what sacramentals are designed to do, right. and it's to change the heart. So it's not a magic charm, is it? It's not a magic charm. <laughs> it's not right. like a get-out-of-hell-free card. <laughs> I saw that today, and I had to bring that up. I was like, you know, some people do have that kind of understanding, um, and it's very elementary, and, of course, it's not the fullness and um, you know they're 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 getting an idea that it has something to do with grace. <laughs> There's so much more. So we're here to tell you there is so much more. The the sacraments, of course, were instituted by Jesus Christ. Most, but not all, of the sacramentals were instituted by the Church. Certainly, the scapula was. And uh, a little bit further a definition here. And I, I want to be clear. I'm not suggesting, Francis, nor are you, that there isn't great benefit in wearing the scapula. If it is a reminder to you as you take it off to, to you know, uh, do your morning uh, shower or what have you, and of course you have to put it back on, or if you engage in athletic activity, typically people will take it off and you have to put it back on. There's great benefit in simply being reminded uh, of the commitment that you've made by physically placing the material cloth on your person. Uh, more, more often than not, people will kiss the scapula before they take it off or put it back on. So there's great benefit in the material object itself. I don't want to minimize that. I'm just suggesting that um, that's not where the real depth is. The depth goes beyond that, and let me, let me try to explain. The sacraments, as we know, give grace of themselves and are always fruitful. When the faithful place no spiritual obstacles in the way, sacramentals excite pious dispositions by means of which the faithful may obtain grace. So these pious dispositions, as I suggested a moment ago, the reminding of our commitment to our Blessed Mother, the reminding of a devotion to the interior life, which we'll talk about in a moment, and the recognition that our Blessed Mother is our protectress, and she is the one who is leading us to her Son. These, these dispositions, these thoughts can be excited simply by um, 
witnessing the, the, the scapula being worn or, or over our chest and, as I said before, taking it off and on occasion throughout the course of the day um, gives us that opportunity to be reminded. And similar to our wedding rings, you know, you see people wearing them and you look at them and it's a remind, reminder of your faithfulness, your fidelity to your spouse, of, of wanting to love them in the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so, you know, it, it, it's there, and, but it has so much more significance. We know that. An excellent analogy, because we're going to talk about that idea of commitment and and entering into relationship and the uh, the significance, and quite frankly, the trial and the challenge that I think we have in doing that in our modern society. And I will say uh, up front, I think it's somewhat unique to our modern society, the degree to which we struggle with this idea of commitment. I do want to take a moment to remind you that you're listening to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. And I know that there are a number of Carmelite listeners out there. There are other uh, Catholic and perhaps even uh, non-Catholic listeners who have devotion to the uh, scapula, and you may want to call and share with us your thoughts, your reasons for wearing the scapula, your personal experiences with it. Please feel free to give us a call if you'd like to join the conversation at 1-866-333-6279. Again, that's 1-866-333-6279. Now, some of these other sacramentals that we may be familiar with, Mark, what, what would be some that other, other sacramentals that we would be using in, in our faith life? Well, of course, uh, a very popular one, and everybody knows about is holy water. And I don't want to do a whole program yet on holy water, though we might, or holy salt. Um, but I will say in this moment, since you asked, uh, I can't advocate enough the importance I place in uh, using holy water. I'll tell you my personal uh, perspective on this. I travel a great deal, and every time I enter a new hotel room, I always have holy water with me, oh, and idea. I bless that room. I oh. bless the windows and the doors and the mirrors and um, everything in the room. I do it every place I go, and I can't advocate that enough. So holy water, holy salt. Statues, of course, are sacramentals. They remind us. They also have an effect uh, on the heart, and and uh, they are a great uh, a source of strength for many people. Of course, we don't pray to the statue, but we pray to the image represented in the statue. Medals are, are of course, the sacramentals, holy oils, and the rosary. The rosary itself is a sacramental. We draw great strength and, and devotion from the rosary uh, perhaps the most famous sacramental of all, the rosary. And I might want to point out that when you wear the brown scapular, you should get it blessed by a deacon or priest first, and then you wear it. And then if it wears out, then you can get another one and put it on. You don't have to have subsequent ones blessed or be re-enrolled or anything like that. Uh, the first blessing stands through all the time. And if you feel like you know you're in a position where you're sweating all the time or you can't wear this cloth one you may wear a medal that has the image of our lady of mount carmel on one side and the sacred heart of jesus on the other side and um that can be uh in a substitute for the brown scapular however they say there's a lot more miracles through that brown cloth through the cloth scapular than they know of through the metal. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Right. Uh, one last uh, a bit of information before we take a break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to then talk specifically about 
the history of the scapula and Mary's uh, uh, association with it. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states that sacramentals do not confer the grace of the Holy Spirit in the same way that the sacraments do. We said that earlier. But by the Church's prayer, they prepare us to receive grace and to di- and dispose us, I'm sorry, and dispose us to cooperate with it. So there's great significance in these sacramentals. We've made that case, and we're going to come back after the break and make the case for how the sacramental of the scapula leads us to this devotion to Mary. Sounds Again, good. you're listening to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Welcome back, friends, and uh, we are uh, speaking this evening about the brown scapula. We had a caller at the break who asked a very good question, 
Uh, and that was specifically, why is the scapula not mentioned in the catechism? And there are two responses. Uh, first, the sacramentals are, of course, mentioned in the catechism, and it uh, speaks, in fact, some of the quotes that <clears throat> we've provided this evening come specifically from the catechism as it relates to uh, sacramentals, and not all of the sacramentals are listed there. Uh, but I will say that there is a separate catechesis and ritual document for the scapula of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Uh, this is uh, prepared under the North American uh, Provincials of the Carmelite Order. And if you ask me to speculate as to why the brown scapula may not be mentioned specifically in the catechism, it may be its association, or largely its association, exclusively with the Carmelite Order. Uh, of course, I said at the beginning of the program, Many people, many Catholics, even non-Catholics, wear the scapula, but generally it is associated with the Carmelite order, and it does have its own catechesis history. Uh, there's a right uh, for indoctrination into the uh, scapula society, the enrollment. Uh, there's a great uh, uh, many uh, biblical references throughout uh, the catechesis and the ritual document, and I would encourage anybody who's looking for more uh, both historical as well as uh, biblical uh, and um, uh, catechetical information regarding the scapula uh, to look up uh, the scapula of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Catechesis and Ritual. Uh, it's a, a wonderful text, and it goes through much of uh, what we won't have, unfortunately have time to cover this evening, but uh, does give uh, a fairly broad history on the, uh, the scapula itself. Um, we thank that caller for... Uh, that question, and we hope that's helped out. And um, I wanted to make a point back on this uh, point about the sacramentals. It's the sacramentals have their power not because of them being an object that's been blessed, but because it's by the prayers of the church through the paschal mystery of the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord that prepares us to receive grace as opposed to the sacraments that, you know, uh, bestow the grace. The sacramentals help us receive grace and dispose us to cooperate with it. So this is a, a like a booster shot, you know, for the spiritual life. Well, and I want to uh, relate a story I remember reading in one of the books about, um, uh, many books about uh, uh, Mother Teresa of uh, Calcutta. Uh, there's a story of her um, uh, handing off her rosary, a personal rosary, to a young lady on an airplane. The young lady had been questioning her about uh, her prayers and the nature of the rosary and the history of the rosary and so forth. She wasn't actually Catholic, and uh, Mother Teresa gave her the rosary as a gift. And there is a uh, series of uh, events uh, pertaining to this young woman herself and later her father and then, uh, I think, a brother of that uh, gentleman uh, all of whom were facing difficult times in their life. If I remember correctly, the young woman was facing marital problems, followed by the father who was uh, um, in the hospital with cancer. This was over a, a course of a number of months. It didn't happen in a matter of days. And they kept handing off the rosary. Now, you could read that story and come to the conclusion, well, there was something mystical or magical about Mother Teresa's rosary. But what you also have to remember is that in each case, um, beginning with the young woman, Mother Teresa had said to her, taught her how to pray the rosary, and showed her um, uh, the significance of it in her own life. And the young woman not only had Mother Teresa's rosary, she prayed the rosary. And when she handed it to her father, this was a number of months later as he was um, um, in a 
bed in a hospital with cancer. He also, though he wasn't Catholic, um, he picked up the rosary and he prayed the rosary. So we, we run the risk of falling into this perception that there's something mystical or magical about the object. There isn't. It's the devotion attached to it. Now, I will grant you, if I were told that I was just handed Mother Teresa's rosary uh, or a rosary by uh, the Holy Father, I might be more inclined to pray that rosary than, <laughs> than the one I have in my pocket. But uh, but the, the reality is there won't be any difference in the outcome. I mean, the the significance is in the changing of the heart, exactly. the, the devotion not to the object, but to what the object is teaching us about our responsibilities and our response to God. Yeah, because this uh, object, this, this scapular, is a sign of our devotion, our consecration to our Blessed Mother, who's going to lead us to Jesus. So where does the scapular come from? Well, in the Carmelite tradition, of course, and I'm, I'm going to use the word tradition here a lot, not because I want to minimize the significance of the story or the, um, uh, whether it's factual or not, but like so much in both the Carmelite tradition and other uh, orders, we attach significance to historical events, and whether those historical events can be traced and documented, and whether there are volumes of literature associated with dates and times and places, is not as significant to us as the impact of the um, message that is passed on. And the example would be, in our case, Francis, uh, we cite Elijah as the founder of our order. Does that mean that there were Carmelites living in the tradition of Elijah uh, from the time of Elijah all the way up to the time of Jesus, as some of the historical texts within the Carmelite order uh, stipulate? Is that historically accurate? My personal opinion is I don't care. Uh, <laughs> we, we look back to Elijah as a great leader who stood before the living God day in and day out in prayer. That's what we are uh, attaching in terms of the, the history of the order. That's what we're attaching to. Uh, there may well have been a lineage of Carmelites uh, who lived in the in tradition of Elijah. That's not the, uh, the the point we're trying to emphasize. It's the commitment to prayer. Right, and w with all stories, some of it has historical basis, and some of it lives by oral tradition, just as our Bible. You know, we get a lot of stories through the, uh, you know, oral tradition. So, uh, you know, the message is what we're saying is important here for us. So let's talk about this story. In 1251, uh, the Order of Carmel, of course, had moved from uh, Mount Carmel in the Holy Land uh, after the, the chaotic times of the Crusades, and many of the, the soldiers, of course, were those original monks who settled on Mount Carmel. Um, uh, the, the territory became very uncomfortable as a result of continuing wars and and uh, uh, bloodshed going on in that area, and many of the Carmelites picked up and, and moved back to, if they were from there originally, or to Europe, uh, and settled, began to settle in uh, some of the more remote areas of Europe, and then eventually began to move into the cities. I don't want to go through the lengthy history of it, uh, but I do think it's significant in this respect. When the Blessed Mother uh, ostensibly visited St. Simon's Stock, uh, and gave him the gift of the scapula and the prayer of Los Carmeli, it was to help the order through this very difficult time. And I, I, I want to emphasize, because to me this is so interesting, how the history of our order started with men who wanted to leave the chaos and the bloodshed of what they had experienced in the Crusades and in other a aspects of life, right. moved to Mount Carmel, 
drew away from the world, like our father Elijah. They drew out of the world. We are called to do the same thing. We are called to withdraw into the silence, into the cave of the interior of our souls, and to there commune with God. But just like the history of our order, at some point we have to reintegrate into the world. We have to go back into uh, our work life, our family life, our our uh, educational responsibilities, whatever that might be. But we hope that we carry God with us. The Carmelites in Europe in the, in the, uh, around the year 1200, 1250, had begun to lose their way a little bit as they tried to reintegrate. And so our Blessed Mother visits Simon Stock and gives him this um, uh, sacramental, uh, this uh, symbol of devotion to her, as well as her devotion to the order. Right. So if we're going to be devoted to her and we wear this as a sign of our devotion, then she's going to take care of us. And we can truly believe that St. Simon Stock existed. That's been historically proven. His feast day is on the calendar. And we can truly believe that he prayed for the order. And we can truly believe that, you know, he wanted to honor Mary because we are in the order. So the tradition of being devoted to Our Lady to lead us to Jesus, has been there all along since the time of Elijah. And so uh, whether the vision is actually historically accurate, we really can't prove. But you can't really disprove it. You can only say we don't know. (laughs) That's true. And without, again, going into a lengthy history lesson, here's what we do know. If you want to write down dates, if this is uh, of significance for you in terms of tracing the lineage, again, much of this is in the, uh, the literature, both the the scapula of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, a text that I referenced earlier, and other Carmelite texts. Uh, But here is the brief history. Uh, Papal bulls throughout the centuries have advocated the significance of the scapula and its representation as devotion to Mary. However, they have importantly added this statement, whoever dies piously clothed in this garment. So we have to ask ourselves, what's the significance here? Is it that I simply donned uh, the scapula uh, a few years before my death or maybe a year before my death or hours before my death. And by virtue of that now, uh, I'm um, uh, going to take advantage of all of the blessings that go along with the scapula. I think not. I think what the Church is saying to us in the historical documents is those who piously clothe themselves in this garment, meaning the devotion, which we'll talk about in just a moment, the devotion in living out the life of what the scapula represents for us. And you know, Mark, I have to say, I think heaven probably confirmed that vision, even though it's not historically uh, proven, because um, the Church has approved the apparition of Our Lady in Fatima. And although that is uh, optional for us to believe or not, I mean, what they've said is there's nothing that's contrary to faith, and so we can go there on pilgrimage. Well, Lucia, who became a Carmelite nun, um, in one of her apparitions, um, Our Lady appeared wearing the brown uh, habit of our, our Carmel, and she, around her wrist she had the scapular that she was handing. And so they questioned Sister Lucia now, um, who has died, but um, we hope soon will be up for canonization. But she said, yes, Our Lady was encouraging us to wear it. Yeah, and actually that was during the apparition of the Miracle of the Sun. 
that she appeared oh, as the famous Our Lady one. of the Carmel, and she did have the scapula over her wrist. In and 1917, October 19th. 13th, That's in correct. Fatima. Yep. And, and you're right, the Church has, uh, has um, uh, of course, defended uh, Fatima simply by saying there's nothing here that's inconsistent with doctrine and faith. All right, well, what about the Sabbatine privilege? So the Sabbatine privilege, for those who may be uh, a little more broadly versed in the history of the scapula, will know uh, this is a privilege that is uh, found in some of the historical texts, I'll cite those in a moment, uh, that suggests that those who are enrolled in the scapula will be um, uh, taken out of purgatory on the first Saturday after their death. Now, there are a number of um, other things associated with the 17 privilege, but that's the fundamental issue that people wrestle with. And so let's talk about that just briefly. This is attributed to Pope John the Twenty Second. It's mentioned in his writings about the Carmelite Order, um, and it's in documents that are referenced in 1461, 1465, and 1517. But the actual papal bull cannot be found. It, it's not found in the history of the Roman Curia. That's correct. It right. is found in, in Pope John the Twenty uh, Second's writings. What is found in a bull in 1530 by Pope Clement the Seventh which states that Mary will assist the members of the confraternity of the scapula with her continued intercession, with her prayers, and with her special protection to ensure their speedy release from purgatory. Like so, all good mothers. <laughs> so why the association with Saturday, you might ask? Well, of course, what is Saturday in the church, the, the weekly church calendar? What, who are we devoted to on Saturday? Saturdays for our Blessed Mother. Blessed mother. I mean, if you're out there praying the um, office, or the breviary, or the, the the liturgy of the hours, you will know that Saturday has the optional uh, prayers in honor of our Blessed Mother. So we see here a reversal uh, uh, of what oftentimes is the, uh, and I'll say kindly, the misperception of some of these teachings. The significance here is not, oh, if I don the scapula, then on the first Saturday I'll be released from purgatory. What the teachings would suggest through these uh, documents and the papal bull Wear the scapula. Be very devoted to it, and most significantly, the devotion of Saturday, because that's the day that we dedicate to our Blessed Mother in the Church. Now, finally, on the his, uh, historical aspect of this, in 1613, Pope Paul V issues a decree reiterating the importance of the scapula and the role of the Blessed Mother in assisting those devoted to her through charity, especially after death and especially on Saturday. But it does not say... Uh, like the 17 privilege is often articulated, there will be an immediate release from purgatory on that Saturday. We don't know. We don't know that it will happen. We don't know that it won't. What we do know is that we are commissioned as uh, members of the Carmelite Order, certainly as uh, members of the Confraternity of the Scapula, to maintain our devotion to the Blessed Mother. And being devoted to her can only lead to good things, right? Absolutely. And I have to say that... Um, the brown scapular of Our Lady of Mount Carmel echoes the promise of divine revelation, and I've got some scripture passages here that will help us to understand that. From Matthew 24, verse 13, the one who holds out to the end is the one who will see salvation. And from Revelation 2, uh, verse 10, remain faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. And then, uh, finally, from Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, all you have been baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves in him. So we're, we're saying here, uh, Francis, 
the significance of the scapula is clearly that it represents something to us as the individual wearing it. It clearly says something in the history of the church as regards its significance uh, to the benefits accrued to those who wear the scapula. But we've left off this third most important part. We touched upon it, but let's get more specific about our dedication to Mary. Now, in the history of the Carmelite Order, we talk about three aspects of our dedication to Mary. First, Mary is the model of the prophetic life, following the example of Elijah. Again, Mary stands before the living God. We're going to say something more about that in a moment. These three points are important. She is the owner. Literally, she is the owner of the Carmelite Order. The Carmelites belong to her in a unique and dedicated way, by title. We, in the early days of the Order, of course, the monks dedicated themselves to our Blessed Mother, and their first chapel was dedicated to yeah, the Blessed Mother. Yeah, and that was in the middle, and they all came around in a circle, and, and she was the center. And they understood the connection. Whether you accept, uh, for those who know the story, accept the... the, the um, attribution of the cloud that Elijah saw over the mountain after uh, his engagement uh, uh, in, in bringing about the destruction of the, uh, the um, uh, uh, prophets of Baal and so forth. And, of course, he goes after the drought and sees the cloud. And, and historically, this is uh, um, attributed to uh, the prophetic um, uh, message of the coming of the Blessed Mother. Yeah. Whether you accept that or not is not particularly important. What we do accept is the lineage back to Elijah and what he stood for in standing before the living God, and we accept that the Blessed Mother, in the earliest days of the order, was dedicated to her, and she had special ownership. And thirdly, because of her special ownership, she is the protectress. She consequently pledged to watch over and protect her Carmelites in a special way. And we see that manifested again in 1251 with her vision to St. Simon Stock. When the order is in trouble and when it's needed, she manifests herself and provides that encouragement. When the miracle at Fatima occurred, uh, confirmation that she was, in fact, uh, really appearing there, she comes as our Blessed Mother, but Our Lady of Mount Carmel with a scapula in hand. Right. These, these factual details shouldn't be minimized in the history of the scapula or the history of uh, of our association with, association with the Blessed Mother. So here we have this garment of grace to be clothed by Mary and as a sign of our consecration and our devotion to her and our willingness to follow her. I want to pick up on just quickly, uh, because I do have some other uh, um, details, uh, Francis, that we want to share. There's a story that you told me about just before the beginning of the show that I want to make sure that we have an opportunity to cover. Just quickly on the idea of Mary as uh, the prophetic fulfillment of the mission that Elijah talked about and also uh, Mary as the means of uh, uh, our going to our, our Lord. Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi, uh, the Carmelite the priest, uh, revered authority on Carmelite spirituality, wrote that devotion to Our Lady of Mount Carmel means a special call to the interior life, which is preeminently a Marian life. Our Lady wants us to resemble her not only in her outward vestiture, i.e. the scapula, far more, however, in heart and spirit. If we gaze into Mary's soul, we shall see the grace in her as flowered into a spiritual life of incalculable wealth, a life of recollection prayer, uninterrupted oblation to God, continual contact and intimate union with him. Well, this is the lineage to Elijah. 
this is the model that Elijah represented, and of course Mary, uh, the, the model of it in preparation for the coming of the Savior. Mary's soul is a sanctuary, Father Gabriel writes, reserved for God alone, much like our souls have to become that sanctuary right. where no human creature has ever left its trace, where love and zeal for the glory of God and the salvation of mankind reign supreme. So this is the prophetic message. Mary's entire life was a prophetic message to the relationship that we would have to establish with her son. Everything for her was about her son. Everything was about her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And she presents for us a model of how we are to live our life. Beautifully stated. Beautifully. Now, Mary is the medium through which Christ enters the world. We all know this. We won't go into uh, uh, to the theology of this, but she is the medium through which Christ enters the world. Christ enters her to enter the world. So if we are to model Mary and become that prophetic example of Elijah, we too must allow Christ to enter us and to live through us. This is what we're called to do, not just as Carmelites, but as Christians. Absolutely. We are called to be uh, temples of the Holy Spirit, of the Trinity, and most especially of our Lord and Savior. This is how he enters the world, through us, in exactly the same way that he entered through Mary. Well, is this a good time for my story? Okay, I just have to share this. This was found um, in a book by John Haffert, who wrote about uh, the sign of her heart. And he says that in the pages of an ancient history of the Carmelite order, he found this story, uh, which can also be found in the Dominican order. I am understood uh, that to be the case. And here's the story. There's three famous men of God who met on a street corner in Rome. And they were Friar Dominic, busy gathering recruits to a new religious order of preachers. And then there was Brother Francis, the friend of birds and beasts, and especially dear to the poor. And Angelus, who had been invited to Rome from Mount Carmel in Palestine because of his fame as a preacher. At their chance meeting, by the light of the Holy Spirit, each of the three men recognized each other. And in the course of their conversation, as recorded by various followers who were present, They made prophecies to each other. And guess what they were? St. Angelus foretold the stigmata of St. Francis. And then St. Dominic said, One day, Brother Angelus, to your order of Carmel, the most blessed Virgin Mary will give a devotion to be known as the brown scapular. And to my order of preachers, she will give a devotion to be known as the rosary. And one day... Through the rosary and the scapular, she will save the world. So there's the story. I had to had to bring that out. Well, that's a great story, and we, we've heard that so often, haven't we, about the significance of the rosary and the significance of the scapula um, in, in helping us to increase our devotion to the Blessed Mother, to deepen our relationship with her, and then through her to understand uh, in a much more intimate way the role of the Savior working through us. And just to add to that story, today there is a chapel on that very street corner in Rome that commemorates the meeting of St. Dominic, St. Francis of Assisi, and St. Angelus. How about that? Fantastic. Have you been, have you been there? <laughs> no, only in spirit. <laughs> so, Mark, why would somebody want to wear the brown scapular? I, I have to tell you this. I found this on a blog. I know we're running out of time. But here's a person who said, you know, in the early years, 
they would wear the brown scapular sort of like a, a protection, you know, uh, because she'd heard all the stories of the devils and darkness and all this. So out of fear, she wore it. But then, you know, she kind of set it aside. And then she became a mother. And, you know, the trials and tribulations of parenthood, uh, she began to pray more and more to her Blessed Mother, and she saw how Mary was helping her. So then she suddenly became uh, understanding of a new insight of Mary. And so she says, uh, while it's true that Mary uh, promised to protect those who wear the scapular, it's not Mary's promise that the scapular really symbolizes it's ours. I thought that was really good. And then she said... Um, Thanks to this great example of the Blessed Mother, she retrieved her scapular and wears it again. And it's like her wedding ring, a symbol of her um, promise, an outward sign of her trust and hope in the Blessed Mother, who always leads her to Christ and obtains the gift of graces for her. And it's a devotion she chooses to put on each day. I thought that was beautiful. Well, of course, the significance of all of this has been the, the uh, devotion to the Blessed Mother and why the devotion of the Blessed Mother Mary is, as we've said, she is the prophetic example. She is the owner of the Order of Carmel, and she's, of course, the mother of all children. But more importantly, she's our protectress. And, of course, when we take our, our vows, we make our, uh, or at least our promises, we make our promises to the Blessed Mother as our protectress. Uh, and, and we rely on her. We, we use her as our model, obviously, in terms of how we bring Christ into the world. She is the model of silence. She's the model of prayer. She's the model of the interior life. Uh, this quote has always stayed with me. Mary kept all these things in her heart, and later uh, Mary pondered all these things in her heart, really saying the same thing. For Mary, there was nothing that wasn't uh, seen through the prism of her love for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we can find uh, great strength not only in her protection, but in her as prophet and as model for how we can conduct our own lives. I hope we've given you some insight on the significance of the scapula, its importance in uh, the, the, the Christian walk, and its um, ability to bring us into a deeper and more intimate relationship with our Blessed Mother, at the same time recognizing it is our response to that um, sacramental, our deepening of our own interior life, our deepening of our prayer life, our acceptance of our Blessed Mother's protection, that brings us closer into a closer and more intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Mark, uh, and I invite you all to bring out your brown scapular or obtain a brown scapular, put on this garment of grace, this sacramental that will bring you into a greater love of our Lord. There are, just quickly, there are a number of um, excellent uh, methods of devotion to our Blessed Mother. Uh, there are ways to uh, deepen that relationship. You can do it a number of uh, through a number of uh, programs. St. Louis de Montfort, of course, St. Maximilian Kolbe, and St. John Oudes have uh, each have individual uh, processes for a consecration to our Blessed Mother. I encourage you to look uh, those up and pick one that's appropriate for you. Francis, would you close us out in prayer this evening? Okay, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O most blessed and immaculate Virgin, ornament and beauty of Mount Carmel, thou who beholdest with thy special kindness those who wear thy blessed scapular, look lovingly upon us and cover us with the mantle of thy motherly protection. Fortify our weakness with thy power. Enlighten the darkness of our understanding with your wisdom. Increase faith, hope, and charity in us. Adorn our souls with the graces and virtues that will make us pleasing to you and to thy divine Son. 
assist us during our life, and console us at the hour of our death, and present us, please, to the most blessed Trinity as thy devoted servant, to praise and bless thee in heaven forever. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria this evening. We um, want to invite you again to uh, join us next week. We're going to begin a series on St. John of the Cross. And for those of you who may not have been exposed to St. John of the Cross, we hope to open up his writings a little bit. And if you have wrestled with St. John of the Cross over the last many years, uh, we hope to be able to uh, shed new light on the wonderful teaching of St. John of the Cross, his depth of prayer, uh, and also his devotion to our Blessed Mother. Thank you again, and God bless from Carmelite Conversations.